With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Everybody hurts. Sometimes. Welcome into Brewcast from Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Giardi, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani here with you on Tuesday today, uh, obviously to the events that transpired on Monday evening, uh, being a little later than many predicted. And then we also have news from here today on Tuesday, but you probably are listening here on Wednesday, but we've got a lot to talk about quite the 24 hours for Michigan basketball. And of course, guys, uh, none of it good news uh, for University of Michigan hoops. So let's just jump right into this, guys. Last night, we kind of waited, you know, we were on eggshells all day long about Josh Christopher. You know, we we texted in the group chat. I told you guys around three, four o'clock that I had a bad feeling about it. Chris uh, expressed his uh, views right before we hopped on. He'll let you know those, but we kind of had the feeling that Josh Christopher, uh, something was off about it. He ends up committing to Arizona State. So uh, we have the immediate fallout of that last night. And then today we get another swift kick in the groin. Uh, didn't take long. At least Isaiah Todd didn't uh, drag it out kind of like Josh Christopher did, but Isaiah Todd decommitting for University of Michigan. He's going to pursue a professional career overseas instead of going to college. So guys, uh, I, I mean, the floor is yours. Immediate reactions from this, and then I'll give my take on it later. Uh, well, there is good news out of it. Uh, the good news is that it's over, and we don't have to deal with either of these two anymore because, honestly, I could not have hit the unfollow button. And I know this is, oh, you know, this is revenge. You know, I got them. 
I could not have hit that unfollow button on Twitter any faster last night uh, for, for Christopher, today for Isaiah Todd. I mean, those were two, not to kick guys on the way out the door, but those were, those were two of the most annoying recruiting sagas I can remember with Michigan basketball and something that is topped probably only by Isaiah Wilson's commitment to Georgia and football a few years ago, like during a Christmas program and a bad video stream. Um, that was annoying. And for as much talent as you want this program, Juwan Howard to have, like, obviously it sucks and it limits their ceiling for next season, I think. But at the same time, we were stressed out following it. You imagine being those guys doing the actual recruiting and then you have to keep these personalities in check and happy for the next calendar year. I mean, <laughs> I just, I mean, like I said, it affects the ceiling, but my initial reaction, you're asking for initial gut feeling and takeaways. Thank Christ. It is over. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't blame you for sharing <laughs> that opinion at all, especially with the amount of work that you have to do on the site, keeping up with this. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm glad it's over too. I said before this podcast uh, that last night, the, the longer this thing went on with Christopher, um, the more likely it was. I felt like that he was going to stay on the West coast. Uh, this was a guy who was clearly, and I'm not, I'm not angry at him about this. I'm not, uh, this was a guy who wanted, uh, you know, wanted eyeballs on him. He wanted to be a trending topic, which is what he was. And look, when you're 18, I don't blame him for that. I don't blame him at all. I am not mad at either one of these guys. Um, but he wasn't, you know, it was kind of a marketing ploy, which is fine. Uh, and he, he wasn't going to commit to a, to a East coast school at 11, you know, 24 or 11, 26, whatever it was when he actually committed a PM. And, uh, so the later it went on, the more, you know, I was more and more sure he was going to go to, a Arizona State, you know, there is a, a, a whole lot of frustration on the Michigan fan base right now. It is unbelievable that in a time in which sports have essentially ceased to exist, they can still find a way to break your heart. Uh, that is, it's amazing to me that that has continued to happen. Um, I understand the frustration. I'm, I'm angry with this. I'm angry with how it turned out. My anger doesn't, does not have to do really at all with the decisions made by Josh Christopher and Isaiah Todd. I think personally what um, I've noticed is there are a whole lot of people over these last couple days who's, um, and I want to tread very lightly here, but whose uh, quote-unquote expert opinions about certain things have been proven uh, to be phony. I'll just say, and it's not one person individually, but I think that there are, and it's not even their fault. There are no group of, there is no group of people in the world as unpredictable as American teenagers and the, and the info that these guys give you or their families may give you very often is going to be proven to be incorrect. And I think this is not the first time that we've been burned by a recruit. It, it's probably given the circumstances, one of the most hurtful, but, uh, and it won't be the last time, but there's been um, a whole lot of people who've, who've had their, their opinions kind of thrown or their, you know, analysis thrown back in their face because of uh, what they predicted would happen with, with both of these guys. And it's made uh, the, the ceiling, like you said, Anthony, for Michigan basketball, uh, a lot lower for next season. And it makes the possibility of Livers and Wagner uh, uh, 
returning a much more of a necessity than ever before. There are a couple different angles to this that are, I don't know, somewhat strange to me. The the first being the timing of Isaiah Todd uh, announcing he's decommitting and going overseas. Like, I, and I don't have any info on this. It, it, was there a thing where if Joshua Christopher commits to Michigan, that Isaiah Todd isn't going overseas and playing professionally? Because, like, it, I don't know. It just seemed like one almost had the effect of the other, unless they just kind of planned to both announce uh, in consecutive days there. I, I'm not really sure. That one I found a little interesting today, the timing of the Isaiah Todd announcement. The second being David DeJulius's transfer. You know, how much different does that look now that, um, and not even so much Colin Castleton's transfer, but but David DeJulius's transfer, like a lot of minutes just opened up and Michigan is going to need scores and guys that can create their own shot and guys that can create off the dribble for others. And David DeJulius can do both of those things very well. And that's why he's got so many big time programs after him in the transfer market. I, It's almost like, like, did he think that they were coming to Michigan and that's why he wanted out because he saw the minutes on the wall. Was it something else? Is there any chance David DeJulius comes back? I'm wishful thinking here guys. Cause I, I don't know. A lot has happened in the last, not only just 24 hours, but in the last week that Michigan is losing guys. We don't know what Franz and Isaiah Livers are doing. Um, if they come back, I'm still excited about next year. I still really like the idea of um, Hunter Dickinson. I like Zeb Jackson coming in. Uh, the the transfer last year, that Wade kid, that he, he had to sit out a year. I, I'm interested to see what he's going to be able to do for Michigan in, in the coming year. Then, of course, he is walking yes, out. yep. So. And and then, um, but I, but I've heard rumblings that he could be a a contributor uh, for Michigan, which is well, kind of interesting. We haven't discussed Mike Smith either. Which Mike Smith, really, exactly, the transfer from been, Columbia, kind of been the bright spot of the last week or so, and really. Um, probably the most important player that Michigan brings in this offseason now because you're looking at a situation where... Now, Mike Smith averaged about 23 points a game this past season. He wasn't just a scorer. You know, he had, I think, four and a half rebounds per game, 4.1 assists per game, something like that. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but Michigan needs this guy to play. And he was a... You know, he played very well uh, for a bad team in the Ivy League, but... Obviously, there are a level of competition things there, and I kind of think you look at how point guard works out now. Um, it's probably a battle between him and Eli Brooks, and, and depending on if you think Franz Wagner comes back and is able to play the two, those two guys might be your two starting guards now. And for as good as Mike Smith is, uh, again, I don't know. I don't know if that's an upgrade over David DeJulius yet because I know that. I know what I've seen out of David DeJulius, and I know that he's a Power 5 player, and he's probably going to end up at a Power 5 school. Now, again, there are so many layers of this, so I'm trying not to scatterbrain too much, but I kind of think, you know, the rumblings of David DeJulius transferring, and I don't think we've been on here together since he did. I might be mistaken. I'm getting my days mixed well, up. No, we did. We, we did a, a reaction podcast last week. Okay, cool. There yeah. were a couple transfers, so it was Castleton we weren't here for. Um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. DeJulius, I think, was a situation where, uh, just kind of to sum up what we discussed last week, I kind of felt like this was just a situation where it was a guy who committed to playing a different system than he was set to play in, and a guy who wants the ball in his hands. I don't know if he was going to be 
that guy next season at Michigan. And, and like I said, it would be great to do. I think he's coming back. No, he kind of put out, he put out a farewell statement today too, which uh, kind of went by the wayside because it was sandwiched in between the Christopher news and the Isaiah Todd news, which dropped around lunchtime. Actually, I joked about it last night or Monday night. I said, if I leave the house to walk my dog, Josh Christopher is going to commit. And I did a short little stream and haha, it was funny, whatever. <laughs> I actually walked out of the house to walk my dog today. And that's when the Isaiah Todd news dropped. So it's like one out of two times it'll happen. Yeah. Um, but at the end of like, well, we, t- I, we talk about, yeah, get me back on track here. I, all, I also, I, yeah, I, I kind of also want to point out, though, for, for people that are kind of losing their mind about this, like, yeah, Michigan's class isn't as good, you know, coming in as we predicted. Obviously, a lot of people thought they were going to have two five-stars in this class with Isaiah Todd and Josh Christopher. But, like, they're still the 12th-ranked class in the country. They still are the number one class of the Big Ten. Uh, Hunter Dickinson has a great rating, according to 247, as does Zeb Jackson. And then Terrence Williams kind of gets thrown to the wayside. We forgot that he that he's a four-star, you know, coming in as well. You throw in Mike Smith, who we just talked about a little bit, and potentially Isaiah Livers and Franz Wagner returning. Like, this is still a team that should have enough depth and enough skill to compete to win a Big Ten championship next year. It, given Isaiah Livers and Franz come back. If one of them comes back, I still like their prospects. If neither of them comes back, I think Michigan's going to have a, a bit of a trouble next year. They're going to be more middle of the pack in the Big Ten. But I, I still like the future of this program, the way it's heading. But the the swift kick to the nuts immediately is kind of the – Chris, you, you put it well. You know, there's no sports going on right now, but we somehow, some way still find a way to get let down. Every once in a while, you know, like when was when was the last time we were like, tr- when was the last time you guys were like truly happy as sports fans? <laughs> um, maybe, when they made the, maybe when they made the final four two years ago. I, I literally um, I literally think the last time I like actually felt good at the end of a season as far as any one of my sports teams go that I really wasn't disappointed was probably 2011 Michigan football when they they beat Ohio State and they won the Sugar Bowl. That's literally the last time I was like legit satisfied with the ending of a season. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably put the basketball teams from 13 and 18 in there also. But I, look, yeah. you make. Okay. I was just, I came off disappointed, you know, that they lost the national championships. Like, it, it was the 18 1, Villanova was a much better team. I got it, but I was still, like, disappointed. You know what I'm saying? You, you no, always want to, to steal a Jim Harbaugh-ism, you always want to win that last game of the year that you play. So, right. I get that. Um, I don't know. So, this is kind of a choose your own adventure here. Would you rather me discuss what I think went down in these recruitments or the ceiling of this team for next year. I'll let you guys pick. I, I think the ceiling, cause I think we we've seen rumblings on Twitter on what went down. Sounds like the Josh Christopher decision was actually made a little while ago. Like Michigan yeah. wasn't I that. And that's the thing too, is like you, you wonder what the information was given. Cause I think he had what 11 crystal ball picks to Michigan. Uh, yeah. According to two forty seven, well, like I mean, so, what? Okay, was, I, was it miss? Was it like a misinformation play by him and his I camp used, to kind of throw it me, out there? Let me take a stab at this. Being as I obviously I didn't do recruiting at the old place at twenty four seven Sports, but having been inside that building and knowing the guys that were, you know, Sam Webb, Josh Henschke, Steve Lorenz, all three of those guys had crystal balls, and I'm and I'm not 
I'm not using this, to, you know, those guys are, are good friends of the site. They're good friends to me. So I'm not bemoaning them at all. Crystal ball selections are made on what you're hearing, you know, basically what you're hearing from sources, people in the know. Uh, anyone who's followed, I mean, Josh is great, but you, even you go to Sam and, and Steve and some of those other guys in the know, their sources for the most part are ironclad here. Um, you know, Sam even traveled out to the West Coast to, to interview the Christophers, I think, in February. Uh, the kids said when he makes his decision, he wants to be sure that everyone is surprised. Now, here's my hypothesis, and then I'll go on something. I have a hypothesis, and then I'll go on you know, just kind of a blanket statement on the recruitments in general, and I'll try to keep it fairly short. I wouldn't be surprised if what's going on in the world right now in terms of yep. restrictions and whatnot, maybe the pull to Arizona state and playing with your brother and playing closer to home, maybe that's just a little better. And Luke, you, you dropped this in our group chat last night. Also the campus, the atmosphere at Arizona state, we, that's been well-documented. I love that, ASU. I was, that was actually my first college choice. I was, I was set to go to Arizona state right out of high school. And then my, my brother lived in Phoenix, which is right by Tempe. And I was going to go out there with him, but he moved to Chicago, like in the fall of my senior year of high school. So I ended <laughs> up not going to ASU. I loved ASU's campus. Yeah. And then you ended up at the ASU of the Midwest in central yeah. Michigan. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, right now it's, I think with what's going on in the world, familial ties and, and situations like that, I think there's a little stronger pull there. Um, again, I don't necessarily think it's because Josh Christopher thought he could be more of a guy there because I think he was going to be a guy or the guy at Michigan. And, and Arizona State, my understanding is they're going to have a pretty darn good team next year too. They might make a run at some things. So from that standpoint – like I said, and then for like, I, I don't know what Isaiah Todd's situation was. There were rumblings of him going pro even before all of this started going down. Uh, but again, if you're weighing pros, cons, maybe again, it was tied with Christopher and also the fact that you just don't know with what's going on right now, what a family's financial situation might look like. It, it just might be, uh, you know, maybe you go even, you know, maybe you go overseas and some of the flaws in your game because Todd was still pretty raw. Uh, I don't think it was a, a lock necessarily that he would have started at Michigan. Um, maybe you go overseas and scouts don't see that, I guess. I don't know. Or you're, you're playing against grown men. I'm not really sure what happened there. I know this, though. Um, when you look at both of these guys' recruitments, did it, did it strike anyone else's, I won't say odd, but the fact that Michigan got into these races, these are two, you know, Christopher was the 10th-ranked player in the country. Uh, Todd was the 13th ranked player in the country. And really Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas. Those are, I mean, those are your four blue bloods. Really? Those guys really weren't much of a factor in this recruitment. And I think when you look at the, you look at Juwan Howard and you know, he came in wanting to make a statement on the trail and he went to work as hard as anyone has. And, and Josh Christopher was his, his first call on the plane on his way to the press conference. Um, and without those, without those, you know, those schools have experience recruiting guys like this. And sometimes they know that if a guy might be a headache, it might just be time to dip out. Um, and I'm not saying that Juwan Howard was naive or stupid or anything like that. Um, 
But when he reached out to these guys, to both of these guys, there wasn't really that type of resistance there. Um, you know, he was out for a splash. He want, you know, his pitch is I can get you to the NBA. We're building something here. And he was telling anybody that would listen that that was kind of what his pitch for the program was. And don't get me wrong. I don't think either of these guys used Michigan for publicity or clout or anything. I do believe the interest was genuine, but you were also looking at a pair of players who kind of had uh, the way I put it uh, in the article, some subversive agendas too. They got, they wanted to be different. They wanted to create a splash. Um, So again, I think it's a situation where people are wondering, Oh, is, is recruiting five stars really the best path forward here? I think it is, and I think they're still going to, uh, the way that Juwan Howard wants to build this thing. He wants NBA guys. He wants those ready-made players out of the box. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, now it's kind of more of a 2021 class thing. And I know the the future Brew guys are talking recruiting, but really, just a quick point, now that he has some time to build relationships for that next cycle, I think he might land a couple of those guys uh, and the interest might be a little more genuine than it was. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I have, I, have a, I have a question for you guys. And not necessarily the ceiling of next year's team. Because I know we're probably going to have articles about that. You know, and, and people are talking about it. I want to know, does what happened in this recruiting cycle with Isaiah Todd and with Joshua Christopher, do you think that that's going to change the way Jawan Howard approaches recruiting from here on out? Because this was his first time recruiting, like being a head recruiter. This is his first college basketball coaching job. Is this going to, the way he was maybe, I don't want to say lied to, but, uh, you know, he had a commit and he's not coming. He's going overseas. He, he, I'm sure they felt Joshua Christopher was coming to Michigan. Is this going to kind of change the way he maybe not only recruits, but the way he handles rosters and the way, I, I don't know. He I don't know if anyone was forced out this year, but maybe they felt that, you know, 
Did Juwan give any hints that maybe these guys were coming? There wasn't going to be as many minutes available. Do you think this is going to have an impact on Juwan Howard, you know, for the future with the way he handles recruiting in the end, the roster? I don't think this year it will. Um, I think that it was an experience that he sort of maybe needed to have as a first time head coach. Um, Make no mistake about like, it wasn't like he put out some call from the magic conch and, Josh Christopher and Isaiah Ty were the only guys to answer it. I mean, he made headway on guys like Namari Burnett, Jaden Springer, Moses Moody. Um, those were all guys that Michigan was in on kind of right up to the end. But what won out for those guys is that they had more of a relationship with the staffs that they ultimately committed to. And I think that's where time, the passage of time, and the fact that Juwan Howard it's April right now and he was hired last May and then had to put a full class together. Um, you know, I, I think that helps. And I think some of the departures, like I said, I don't think anyone was pushed out the door. I think some guy, I mean, did maybe did Julius and Castleton see the writing on the wall and uh, say, Hey, maybe my best shot might be somewhere else. Maybe at the same time, those were two John Beeline recruits. And we talked about this on the last episode we did where, um, uh, you know, these guys, it's no disrespect to, it's not like they hate Juwan Howard, but these guys didn't commit to what his vision for this program is going to be. So I kind of think to a certain extent, it's just a, a paying the piper for a coaching change. And it's just happening this year as opposed to with last year's class. Um, like I said, I don't think it's really going to change the way he recruits. Uh, I think that maybe it helps him build out a board a little bit more and contingency plans and maybe knowing what the red flags are in terms of if you should be counting on someone or not. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it's valuable experience, but do I think it changes anything? No, I, I don't think so. Cause I do think that the focus moving forward will still to be to get the best blue chip talent they could possibly get in here and get them into the NBA after a year or two. So you think, do you think that's going to be, that's it's not going to change that at all. You think that's going to still be the approach? Get those guys instead of doing the the long term roster build. You don't think Juwan will ever be a guy that does that? Well, I mean, he's going to have to by necessity. I mean, he's got three guys this year in Zeb Jackson, Terrence Williams, Hunter Dickinson. Who none of those guys, barring a leap that you know, again, things could always happen. But uh, barring some kind of leap, I don't think any of those guys are NBA guys this year. So those are two-year players. Maybe one or two of them end up being three-year players. Um, And then next year, you could have as many as seven scholarship spots open. And mathematically speaking, and just likelihood speaking, you're not – all of those guys aren't going to be one and done. So you're going to have to recruit those guys mixed – you know, the the best programs do a great job of mixing the top-end one-and-done talent with the guys that you – you know, maybe not one-and-dones, but one or two years. Like Michigan State. They're, they're usually a pretty good mixture of, you know, for every Jaron Jackson and Gary Harris they have, there is a, a Draymond Green, a Cassius Winston. Um, if Michigan wants to be that type of program, that's the way they're going to kind of have to do it. So like I said, I, I, don't, I don't know how many future Fab Five-looking classes are coming to Michigan, but like I said, I at least know in this class and in next year's class, there's going to be a fair amount of guys who aren't one and done type players. And that's going to be the foundation of the program he builds moving forward. So like I said, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think they're going to try and be Duke and Kentucky. I do think it still will be a hybrid uh, type deal, but like I said, I, I don't, 
I don't think you're going to see as many flyers on guys as you saw under John Beeline. And, and like I said, I still love this class. Obviously, it doesn't yeah, it's have good. the ceiling that it was up on it. Great. It's still a great it dropped, class. It dropped to, what, 12 or 13? 12, which again, 12 in the country, yeah. You know, if it were football recruiting, that would be one thing. But, you know, like I said, this, this is a good class. And, and you know what? Like, I don't know. It's I think all of those guys are going to be good players, too. Uh, I like Terrence Williams a lot. I think Hunter Dickinson, if you've ever seen – I've seen the kid in person. He's like 6'2", 260 already. He looks the part already. And with Isaiah Todd not coming, he's going to be a big part of this team next year, whether he starts or Austin Davis starts. Like, regardless of who starts, he's going to play a lot. Um, so does the ceiling of this team next year take a little bit of a hit? Maybe, but if it means guys like Dickinson and Williams and Zeb Jackson play a little bit more and it, you build stock in their futures for a year, two years down the road, I I don't have a problem with that either, I guess. We talk all the time, especially with football, about expectations and how expectations can change and how they're fluid. And throughout the season, you can go from believing that a team is going to be one thing to thinking that they're going to be national title contenders, or in the case of last football season, kind of lowering the expectations after you know two or three games. Uh, and, I under- and I completely understand the disappointment that a lot of Michigan basketball fans are feeling. But, and I hate to kind of, I, I often don't like it when people use this kind of revisionist history cliche, but if you would have told me a year ago that Juwan, in, like you said, Anthony, 11 months into his tenure in Michigan, would be able to uh, pull off the number 12th recruiting class in the country and the, and the number one in the entire Big Ten, I would have viewed it as an overwhelming success. And yes, losing these guys, not being able to get them, it stings. And it's going to sting. And it's also important to note, like I said in my video last night, this is not going to be the last time this is going to happen. This is not going to be the last time that Michigan's going to have eyes on a five-star recruit and they're going to go elsewhere. Uh, this will happen again. But I yeah. think the fact that uh, one year into his tenure, he already has eyes and already has, you know, a, a, has been pretty close to being able to to pull off bringing in these five-star guys shows the quality of player that Juwan is trying to get. And it shows that people, at the very least, are – considering buying into the system that he has in place here. This is not all doom and gloom as much as many people might make it out to be. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think it's really doom and gloom at all. I mean, like we've said, would it have been awesome if those guys came? Absolutely. Yeah, why wouldn't wouldn't it? But, I mean, I I personally like the class. Uh, I like the foundation, and I know that – Generally, you win college basketball national championships, not with a ton of one-and-done guys, but with guys that are upperclassmen that have been there before, you know, unless you get just a ridiculously stacked class, which, uh, you know, that's that's reserved for the, the Dukes and the Kentuckys and the Arizonas because yeah. they do those things a little differently. But, uh, <laughs> all right, well, so... Gonna, uh, this is, this is going to happen again, and it's going to hurt, and it, it might be because you lose a five-star to Duke, Kentucky, or Carolina. But again... Like I said, until until or unless you churn guys out to the NBA, that's you know it's just a pitch for now. Um, like I said, I, I think that at the end of the day, as I kind of sum up my feelings on it, does this affect next year's ceiling? Yeah, I think if you had one or both of those guys, you're probably a top eight team heading top eight team heading into the college basketball season, and you, your ceiling might still be that by the end of the year hits, but 
you have more question marks now. Uh, but really, it it delays. I think back to a year, you know, less than a year ago, or yeah, less than a year ago when Juwan was hired, and we do these podcasts, and you say, when do you want to see Juwan Howard really? get things rolling. And I think we all kind of said around year three. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I'm not like your ceiling is obviously limited by the talent that you have, but I I still look, this as a roster of, you know, eight, nine, 10 playable guys next season. And yeah, there might be some guys that are unproven that need to step up. Guy like Adrian Nunez is sticking around. Guess what? Uh, If they don't add anyone else, you're important now. So we need you to improve. Um, you know, a guy like Cole Basham will need to improve. A guy like Zeb Jackson is going to have to be ready to play. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I People look at it as a disappointment. I look at it as an opportunity and a chance to uh, really build some solid stock in the future with the 2020 guys that are left getting maybe a little bit earlier playing time than we thought they would. Chris, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I'm not on this. All righty. Well, I say we wrap it up there. Hopefully we'll know more eventually. Obviously we will about Isaiah Livers and Franz Wagner, but uh, I kind of hope it's not next week. I feel like we're just getting hit with bad news each and every week. And we do get some good news every once in a while, like Mike Smith, but then it is just overshadowed by the bad news. So we'll see. But uh, before we go, Chris, where can we find you on social media? Oh, you can always find me on Twitter at Castellani2014 at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. Uh, Twitter has been absolutely driving me nuts lately. And outside of the uh, the podcasts, like what I do here in Mason Brew and my Locked On uh, Tigers podcast, I'm not sure uh, for the next couple weeks if I'm going to be churning out a ton of content, just being completely uh honest with you guys i might just uh hold back a little bit until um, baseball returns and we can get to a sport that people on this website can talk about rationally uh, instead of acting like children so but you can follow me there and uh, i have my other podcast locked on tigers and you can find that on uh, apple Podcasts, and you can follow that account as well at locked on tigers and i am on instagram as well chris castle 95 c-h-r-i-s-c-a-s-t-l-e 95 so go ahead and follow me on all those platforms Anthony, where can we find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. You can follow the website at Maze and Brew. Get our podcast wherever you get your shows. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, if you're running out of technology, we can deliver it to you via Carrier Pigeon. Uh, I don't know. Uh, kind of run out of things to say. But, yeah, um, I would probably have some more news to talk about this time next week. Um, pending NBA. Like, like I said, I... I feel good about both livers and Wagner coming back. But again, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. The world's kind of crazy right now. Uh, The world doesn't stop spinning because we're sad or angry. So we'll just keep trucking forward. And you can find me on Twitter at Luke Gierdi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. And follow the Brewcast Show page at Brewcast Show on Twitter as well. So that's going to do it for us. Remember to subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcasts by searching Maze and Brew Podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And we'll, of course, be uh, back next week with another episode of Brewcast. So for Anthony Broom, for Chris Castellani, I'm Luke Gierdi. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.